0: welcome back to another episode of yours mentally on today's episode of yours mentally we talk about unlearning in the world that we live in which is so dynamic and ever evolving there is a need to unlearn certain beliefs from time to time this episode is in conversation with ria Krishnani, who is a psychotherapist so without further ado let's get right into the episode so on today's episode where we talk about unlearning ria can you tell us what is unlearning
1: Sure. When I think of the construct of unlearning, what I usually think of is like challenging, right? The word challenging really seems to surface for me because we're trying to sort of challenge the narratives that we have inherited, right? We're constantly as children, as young adults, and then even as adults, we're constantly sort of absorbing information at all times, sometimes more consciously, sometimes more unconsciously. But when we're absorbing this sort of information, almost subconsciously, we we're not very aware at all given times what exactly is our intake or what we're immersing ourselves into. So I like to think of unlearning more as, are we taking a step, a conscious step, to sort of sit down and think about the things that we have absorbed, processed, sometimes inherited, sometimes even, you know, things that we or value systems or belief systems that we are using to navigate the world. And we're sort of challenging that narrative. right? And we're saying is it's a, it's a cognitive process. It's a conscious emotional process. It's basically us trying to empty the cup and put the kind of water we want in the cup rather than you know just drinking out of a cup where other people are filling whatever the hell they want to
0: fill right considering the what you spoke about right now a lot of people think that unlearning usually includes like unlearning what we have been fed that are like negative things right do you think we need to unlearn a a few positive things in life as well like
1: Negative and positive, I mean, I believe are such relative words, right? What you might perceive as positive, I might not perceive as positive. So I don't know if I would categorize it like that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, sure. I think every information or all sorts of information we receive, whether that's in our education system, whether that's beyond our education system, from our family, Mm -hmm. our culture a macro, a micro system, I think it's very important for us to take a moment, you know, sit down with that information, critically evaluate that information, then choose to sort of, you know, keep it or discard it. I think that's the process we're talking about. We're not just sort of like constantly absorbing information without critically evaluating it. So mm-hmm. unlearning can be all sorts of things, right? We're, when we're talking about unlearning, we're seeing any in piece of information that we are receiving, you know, are we able to incorporate that in our day-to-day lives because it serves us or benefits us and if it doesn't okay Mm -hmm. how can we get rid of that piece of information how can we unlearn that belief system how can we discard it how can we challenge it and I think that every piece of information requires a degree of evaluation right whether Mm -hmm. you perceive that to be positive or negative it's Mm -hmm. very culturally contextual
0: I would say. Right. say. Right. So the context that I mentioned in here is like a lot of us, you know, have been like taught certain things by our parents or you know by yeah. our friends at school or our teachers in our early age, sure. and those things might necess like might not necessarily be good for us. or, you know they might not be like good moral values. Yeah. But as we grow older, I feel like it's a lot more difficult to unlearn those beliefs because like we've been taught by people who we've been with all our life, right? Like our parents, yeah. our teachers, our, our friends. We
1: have so much cultural conditioning.
0: Yeah. 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 A lot of that. So I think it gets really hard to unlearn those beliefs.
1: Definitely. I think it's a very conscious process. I think it's something that requires a lot of time, energy, and effort because there's so much that I keep using the word absorbing, right? Because there's this mm-hmm. idea of massive amounts of cultural conditioning, environmental conditioning that we are all byproducts of, right? Mm-hmm. We're all a product of our, you know, systemic factors, whether that's our micro systemic factors, you know, your ethnicity, your race, your socioeconomic status, the country you grew up in, your family values, your governmental policies and institutes they all sort of make up who we are right it's interwoven in our fabric of how we land up becoming based on all of these factors so I think that now unlearning means having to actually question every facet of that identity a Mm -hmm. lot of introspection a lot of reflection a lot of challenging is required Mm -hmm. when we're unlearning and unlearning is also a way to learn right Mm -hmm. because you're learning not to abide by that system or that rule book anymore so when we're thinking of unlearning it's not just a process of sort of emptying but we're emptying because we're going to relearn right -hmm. so when we think about even therapy as a construct for example what you're doing there is you're sitting there exploring all of your identities right how your identities were formed what belief systems work for you what don't where you inherited it from whether you want to keep them or discard them Mm -hmm. then there's a you know followed by then an understanding of how you want to relearn remake things for yourself in terms of finding your authentic sense of being and so I, i definitely feel like it's it's finding a sense of self in the midst of all this cultural conditioning is the process of unlearning is very important to grow and then evolve and be relevant with our times Right.
0: yeah i completely agree with you right so we just spoke about culture can you tell us why it is important to sort of unlearn in today's time
1: i think you know As I wrapped up the previous sentence, this idea of having to grow and evolve and be relevant with the times, right? Mm -hmm. If we are going to be practicing. Traditions and rituals that were going on, you know, in the 19th century that no longer seem that pertinent or relevant or feel archaic, then we're just blind performers. We're not conscious beings that are actually paving a new path. We're Mm -hmm. just sort of blindly following what has been told to us. And I think that in our culture, specifically, when we look at sort of the South Asian from South Asian lens, a lot of that yet exists, right, in the name of tradition, in the names of values. And that doesn't mean that we have to abandon it all. Right. A lot of them you might actually affiliate with. You might have uh, a memory associated with a time, you know, with a festival or with a ritual or any sort of, you know, cultural asset of it. It, it. It's about being authentic to yourself. I think that's what it is. Right. It's not me here saying, oh, We have to question everything and evaluate everything. Sometimes I I sort of grapple with answering such, you know, broad ended questions because I feel like I could derail. But almost this idea of what do you want to keep that feels authentic to you? Okay, Mm -hmm. so if that four hour long puja does have some cultural meaning and value to your life and is authentic to you, please go ahead and do it. Right, yeah. But if it's not, and you're just sitting there because you are forced to, okay, that's the time you need to start unlearning and sort of assert for yourself and stand up for yourself and align. What we're trying to do is we're trying to align our everyday actions unto to who we are as people mm-hmm. and who we're becoming as authentic people. We're trying yeah. to find a sense of self in a community of social media, materialism, and deep, 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 entrenched, embedded cultural conditioning norms, right? You're you're, you're trying to navigate these three very powerful sources who could just devour you, okay? And yet trying to stand on your two limbs. And I think that unlearning becomes the most powerful tool to be able to do that in this capacity.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I agree with all what you said, but I feel like in our culture specifically, like in India, I feel it's like really hard to... Unloan anything in general, you know, that, that goes against the norms.
1: Sure, because you're going to be labeled as probably yeah. the black sheep, or there's a cost, there's an opportunity cost of unlearning or standing up for yourself. Yeah. Here, right. But yeah. a very enmeshed community, Aman. There is massive amounts of, I, I don't like to use, I, I use the word enmeshed over brainwashing. I think it's it's a softer word to, to use. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, we come from very enmeshed communities where it's all about family honor. It's about, you know, yeah. uh, look at our education system, right? Write the answer exactly from the textbook word for word or you don't get Mm -hmm. the marks right there's this idea where we are not being taught in a lot of ways and of course this is a stereotype this is a generalization we are moving to better spaces in all realms okay but we are taught to sort of Follow the leader. Yeah. Right. And the leader can mean the teacher, the guide, the guru with the whole guru shisha, you know, uh, ideology mm-hmm. we have been raised with our parents, our elders, uh, anyone who is, you know, probably a man and old in that capacity, right, is mm-hmm. is, is is the form of the leader. So, so this idea then of having to sit down and question and then stand up requires a lot of great resilience courage and even the power to withstand the fact that a lot of communities might outcast you, exclude you, call you you know, I don't know, the black sheep of the family, all of that. It comes at an opportunity cost. Hence, I think you reiterate how difficult it is. And it's not as easy as maybe, you know, the seamless string of my words make it sound.
0: Yeah. right. So what are the few things that you unlearn since you started practicing therapy?
1: Hmm. That's an interesting one. I think a lot of things. I think I'm unlearning every Day because a big part of being a therapist, Aman, is to carry with us in that room with a client a non judgmental space, which means practically learning every unlearning everything about your identities and your existence, right? Because here you're sitting across somebody who comes from you know a unique set of experiences, a unique cultural background, and you're entering their frame of reference. In that moment, it's not about what Ria believes in, right? I could be a highly spiritual or religious person, but the client across me could be agnostic or atheist, yeah. right? Uh, and I'm entering their frame of reference, which means I have to unlearn all my biases, all my stereotypes, all my stigmas, okay? All my cultural values and belief systems, so that I can enter theirs and and mm-hmm. and understand or be empathic towards what they're experiencing. So this entire sort of profession entails only a large amount of unlearning and challenging because we're constantly putting ourselves in other people's positions to empathize with them, mm-hmm. and then you know support and validate their experiences and. Hopefully, have a collaborative conversation on how that person can achieve the goals, the values, the new rule book, you know, their aspirational, ideal, evolved lifestyle. Right. Mm-hmm. So, in that moment, it's not really about Ria. Rhea. So, Ria's got to then unlearn all of her biases and her stuff. Right. So, so think about think about this, right? the classic example I use in a lot of sort of lives or, or talks I have is we grew up in a culture Amman, where homosexuality was a criminal offence until, you know, yeah. a few years ago. Now, imagine me working in the United States with a homosexual couple. A lot of my biases, even subconsciously, right, because I'm a product of my culture, could kick up. I have yeah. to unlearn that stuff, whether it's in supervision, I got to compartmentalize that stuff you know, get a check on it, if you will, all of these processes, and this is just one example, right, out of any other bias you might have grown up with, you're unlearning all of that stuff, there is a larger acceptance for diversity, because when we unlearn, we're also able to sort of accept diverse opinions, just diverse thought processes were able to hold better boundaries, right? Because now I'm not trying to impose my belief system onto you. I'm yes. saying, okay, you believe in this and I believe in this. And there is space for both in maybe mm-hmm. an interpersonal conversation. In a therapeutic one, you're you know unlearning to a larger extent where your client doesn't even know what you believe in, right? For the most mm-hmm. part of it, because it's not about you and it's about them. Yes. so I think at every facet at every layer and unlearning is a very layered process right so you know when we think of sort of timelines or time frames that it's not like oh now I've unlearned everything that my culture has to teach me I right? are constantly unlearning it's it's not really a destination I think at every given point you now tomorrow if um, I were to become a mother I would be learning and unlearning I um, you know what my mother did and how i want to be what 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 parts of her I want to model, what parts of her I don't want to model, right? Yes. Or any other role that we take upon in our lives. So mm-hmm. I think it's this constant life journey of unlearning and relearning that we need to partake in without just blindly, you know, aping uh, people around us or the co- or our community around us. Then there isn't a strand of individuality. There isn't authentic senses of self being developed. It's just more herds and herds being created time and time again with very limited you know, growth in our
0: community. Right. So, yeah. I agree with all what you said and especially your opening statement that, you know, as a therapist you're unlearning every day. And I feel like even in life in general, mm-hmm. you are unlearning every day and you're also learning every day. I feel like you're learning and growing every day, you know. The
1: two sides of the same coin.
0: Right? Yeah. As you're yeah.
1: unlearning, you're learning learning it's a simultaneous process and I think that that keeping that is maybe the core ethos of our conversation if you know someone is is hearing this even if they just leave this podcast think you know being able to sit with the fact that unlearning is also learning I think that that would do wonders if they're able to practice and build a muscle that allows them to exercise a tool of this nature
0: yeah right now the most important question that i'm sure everybody has in mind is there like a certain time period for unlearning and do you think even deeply embedded ideas can be unlearned?
1: So the first part of your question, I don't think there's a timeline. I know our country loves timelines <laughs> and you know I have clients I'm on will come in and say, "So how many you know sessions will you fix me?" <laughs> okay No, it doesn't work like that. We are not projects, okay We are not objects even yeah. though you know we treat ourselves like that from time to time. We are not, you know, machines, objects, or product. We, are, we are human beings that are growing and evolving. And I think that unlearning, as I mentioned earlier, is definitely a lifelong journey and process. This mm-hmm. is something we do on a day to day basis. The more we do it, just like anything else, we get better at doing it. Right. And I think that, yes, even deeply entrenched intergenerational traumatic patterns can be unlearned these cycles of intergenerational trauma that we all experience we are carrying you know our histories with us our cultures with us our identities our genders all of that with us as we're walking on a day-to-day basis interacting with people all of that can be unlearned but it's not going to happen at the snap of you know a finger this requires deep reflective introspective work it requires building a relationship with yourself it requires therapeutic work it's like it's like it's work. It's, it's, you know, how you want to build a company from scratch. You work day in and day out and you give it hours of your life. That's mm-hmm. exactly what you need to do with yourself to be able to live a more conscientious, a more, you know, alive, a more present, mindful lifestyle. But we don't have time for ourselves. Right. That's the that's the thing we're all battling with and being able to make time for ourselves to be able to engage in processes like this. right, Whether it's journaling, introspection, meditation, unlearning, all of this. Is very very
0: important. Right. So you spoke about how unlearning requires, you know, deep self retrospection right? Mm-hmm. So, do you think unlearning hap- Can unlearning happen unconsciously, or you know, sort of deliberately? And can things be unlearned without putting in an effort?
1: Hmm. I mean, I do believe that we're also unlearning somewhere, you know, less consciously. I wouldn't say unconsciously or subconsciously. I would say with lesser effort that maybe I made the last paragraph sound right. Mm-hmm. Um, on a day to day basis, maybe we are shedding off as we're growing up or we're being influenced by media around us. We're being, you know, again, we're absorbing information from other sources that we no longer maybe, or we're shaking off certain things, you know, that we mm-hmm. followed or believed in before. But I do believe that it should be more of a conscious process right because Mm. just how we care about what goes into our system or the clothes we put on our you know body on a day-to-day basis this is a conscious choice we're making we're not just putting anything on we're choosing do I want to wear black or red Right? Um, why are we not choosing about our values and our beliefs and our thoughts and our emotions that we want to harbor and not harbor i think that we should be spending time to be able to you know be more conscious about it that that's just my two cents i don't think that there's a right or wrong you know response to any of the things that we're talking about this is simply you know my set of experiences as a therapist as a south asian woman you know all of that but i do believe somewhere that If we're able to do this more deliberately, more consciously... Mm -hmm. with more degrees of awareness. And just imagine if we all lived life a little bit more like that, right? There would potentially be world peace. But unfortunately, yeah, maybe we are also unlearning, you know, at at lesser conscious levels at all given times because we're being influenced by our environmental factors around us, right? So either mum is saying, you know what? We used to do this before, but darling, now we don't. And you're like, oh, okay, now we don't, right? So I'll unlearn something where I no longer partake in something just by the default of that. Now, Mm -hmm. was that as conscious as me evaluating the meaning and the purpose of what that meant for me and how I no longer want to partake in it no it wasn't right but it just sort of shed off if you will but I wouldn't say it's unconscious I'd say it's less
0: conscious right also I feel like my second part of the question whether you know it requires effort I think that shouldn't even be a question like in my opinion because it obviously does require effort like I, I think like everything you do in life does require effort you, absolutely like, even for eating food you need to move your hands you need to make that effort right to even eat food so, yeah. I, even unlearning i know it's not something that's physical it's more of uh, the emotional side of it but obviously you you know need to put in the effort if you don't put an effort nothing's just going to happen hmm. like uh, yeah. that's not how life works like you said you know if, if it if it worked that way there would be more peace but
1: absolutely i think that that conscious effort that deliberate agency is what we're all trying to you know perform or inhabit or big be- allow for it or facilitate for it to be a part of our lives now see the environment's got to support that right Mm -hmm. does our environment really support you know people that think out of the box maybe today yeah over maybe the last decade or two right Mm -hmm. um but 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 an education system or a higher education system that's you know creating a rut or creating herd mentality it's, it's not going to really propagate or flourish a community that is able to do these things right and that's what we're trying to sort of break the cycle having conversations like these having you know dialogues difficult dialogues right on media you know in person in conferences all of that is is stimulating a new educational informative psychoeducational wave that's allowing people to now stop and think I don't think we're stopping and thinking. I think we're just doing. And I think yeah. that, you know, uh, what therapy also allows in a lot of way when you're taking the hour of the week is to actually just reflect, to stop and think that the, you know, crazy, chaotic, busy lives that we have for ourselves are they adding meaning, value, purpose, right? What mm-hmm. is it that we want? What is it that we need? Even our needs, right? They need to sometimes be unlearned. See, we, we grew up thinking, okay, good education, great job family marriage children whatever the you know developmental milestones are laid down for us but do you want that right do you want to be a father right mm-hmm. you can be like no i don't want to be and that's okay but you have yes. to think about that right before you found yourself in a terrible marriage and with you know two little children who you cannot stand and then mm-hmm. they deal with their own set of troubles and, and and your mental health is deteriorating we're not stopping to think to unlearn, to relearn, to create our new value systems, we're just doing. And I think that's the biggest sort of trauma narrative that we are, you know, holding with, or you know what, someone is psychologically abusing me, but you know what, he is my brother, or he, you know, she is my sister, so I'm going to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. It's this sort of, we're not stand we're not taking a second to sort of challenge any of the things that are happening around us because we're just doing blindly
0: and i think that that needs to change yeah yeah and like the last part that you said you know about the psychological abuse i feel like even in a lot of relationships that in, in gen z i see it a lot that they think that it's okay to you know take shit from their partner because i'm in love with that person you know uh, yeah, we and can, that's we probably can, not yeah. love,
1: right? If you're having to suck it all up, that's but that's the culture that we're, we're see You know, there's a I have this two pronged narrative, and I know we're, we're sort of staring off, but mm-hmm. I'll just add my two cents here. There's a sort of two pronged narrative where we are a culture of a lot of endurance and tolerance. Yeah, and we are grown up, we have been grown up. With this ideology that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and, and there's a part of me that says okay we are a resilient community and I think mm-hmm. resilience and great are fantastic qualities but there is a very fine line between tolerance and accommodating Aman and then abuse and we yes. have blurred those lines
0: okay, and only
1: when we stop and think do we realize has the threshold passed for a lot of women and all men in abusive relationships or cases of domestic violence, and we can go on and on and on, they have passed that threshold and are yet telling themselves, no, 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 he's my husband. I have to be a tolerant, good wife, right? Yeah. That's yeah. that sort of uh, very toxic, disempowering narrative we're holding in the name of being accommodating, in the name of being patient. And you know, we're slapping these very good words onto it to justify and enable abuse. And only when we unlearn these, that's why unlearning is such a beautiful topic because we can pick anything, right? And we can talk Mm -hmm. about how, like, for example, in this instance, unlearning that, no, you know, darling, you're not accommodating this man anymore you're tolerating his abuse is unlearning that narrative is going to allow this woman to stand up Mm -hmm. right but if she's not going to question it if she's not going to challenge it she's going to be in this abusive marriage until death until probably he beats her to death right so this 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 idea then is unlearning is so pervasive you can pick any realm right from yeah. right um from age two to you know geriatric population concerns and and apply this hence it's an everyday task that we need to you know be involved in
0: yeah yeah agree. Okay. it sucks over so well, honestly like there's so much i can and i want to say but i don't want to stare off like you said it just yeah. sucks to you know this this culture and the, the things that you know they've taught us
1: yeah it's just, it's
0: just really bad and
1: and, and hence people. we need to question, yeah. right? Hence we need yeah. to question. The, you're right, as you you know you earlier said sort of the positive, the negative, the goods, the bads, right? This idea of we get to define that, right? We get to yeah. define what we want to keep and what we want to discard. But at least let's question. That's all I'm saying, right? All I'm saying is let's just question. So the minute you turn 30, do you want to be a mother? Not oh, I ha- now you know I have to be a mother because that's just what's expected out of me. No, then you're going to be an awful mother. And yeah. then the person you bring into the world is going to have a, you know, a variety of, of of psychological, emotional disturbances that because you're not going to be able to be there for them or caretake for them in the capacity that they deserve. And hence, I think it's it's very important that we're asking questions without, you know, blindly following the
0: narratives that are given to us. And coming back to, you know, how you said that what's right and what's wrong is subjective, depends on person to person. We are no one to decide what is right and what is wrong, you know. And I feel like in our culture, in us, it's society that decides what is right, what is wrong. Right?
1: Yeah, because. There's very there's a sort of black and white and even when you're saying right and wrong and good and bad there's a black and white thinking right but our life is full of complexities and grays and there yeah. is a subjectivity and a relativeness that has been we've been stripped off right we've been stripped off that right of having to pick Yes, and there are laws and there are some sort of universal ethics, if you will, and all of that to create structure. Otherwise, we'd be living very chaotic lives. At the same time, you know, someone that doesn't want to be a mother or father, for instance, and I'm just harping on this example for the lack of a better one, is not Mm. a bad person right that's just the way they want to live their life and they should have the autonomy and the respect from society to be able to do so that not just requires them to stand up and say hell no i don't want children okay and 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 withstand whatever comes by their way but also people around them need to accept that which requires on both ends massive amounts of unlearning
0: yeah i I agree i agree what you said right so up till now we spoke about unlearning and i'm sure a lot of people would have this question in mind what is the difference between unlearning and forgetting
1: i think forgetting is more maybe you know that when we forget something maybe your mind is extremely preoccupied i think it's less conscious or well, i would say it's even unconscious sometimes when you forget it's more like a loss right it's more automatic mm-hmm. it's more fading of the facts or the incident or things like that and i think that forgetting somewhere has more neurological or a neurobiological underpinning right mm-hmm. either we're multitasking and it slips our mind or you know When we think of forgetting in the very literal word, it's a loss of information in terms of our working, you know, short term memory or long term memory even. But I think when it comes to unlearning is we've been sort of reiterating and reinforcing the idea that it's more conscious. right? It's more reflective. It's more introspective than just something that slipped my mind. Yeah, I think they're, they're very different phenomena as
0: a whole right so my next question is really relevant to you know our current times when it comes to societal standards of beauty and diet culture do you think we need to unlearn certain things everything
1: <laughs> we need to learn, unlearn everything i i work i mean with one of my areas of sort of you know Again, I don't like the word expertise, but, you know, one of my areas that I work with more specifically is eating disorders right? right? And, and, and people that have disordered eating. So on a day to day basis, I am working with nutritionists and dietitians and all sorts of, you know, other professionals, interrelated To looking after clients on that end of the spectrum and even just beyond the clinical population right every day just this idea of the influx of social media and yeah we have we have positive social media and the capacity yes we have body positivity movements and all Mm -hmm. of that but I just feel like okay that's this is a this is a very large question right so um Mm -hmm. you can see me sort of you know, find the right words in the most succinct capacity. But I think we need to unlearn everything. We need to be more in our bodies, even though that sounds very generic, and less on the ideas of the bodies that we aspire to have based on the golden standards, based on the white norms, all of that stuff. There's just too much out there. It's overwhelming, it's overbearing, and it's almost punitive that then we see what's happening around us and we internalize that okay and then we are literally body shaming ourselves let alone asking our community to do that at a community in our community food is such a big part of our culture um weight is such a you know common topics that people are constantly talking about I mean you go to a wedding you go to a party you go to a lunch it's like you've lost weight you have put on weight I mean that's the only bloody thing it's like you know in the UK it's weather and here it's weight and I think that having to really draw very clear boundaries with people which then is a byproduct of the unlearning is very important right not not allowing people to body shame you but here that doesn't really happen because we are body shaming ourselves because we have Mm -hmm. internalized these standards right so when someone else does it it's not abuse it's just normal we have normalized a lot of the abuse that happens so i think that you know this this is a very large question and i feel like i will derail in any direction or not be able to you know respond in the most efficient manner but i think we do need to unlearn a lot of Things. We have to be aware of our culture in terms of what our genetic predispositions are. Right, as an Indian woman, for example, what are some of the you know just genetically inherited you know body types that there are out there, and then not compare it to a white Victoria Secret model because she's white and mm-hmm. she has a completely different genetic you know history. And and instead of sort of you know uh, assuming that we can all melt into this cheese pot and all look alike and taste the same. You know, we have to have this more, I don't know if you've heard of that term, right? The melting pot versus the salad bowl analogy. No. Right? And the salad bowl is saying what? That we can all coexist with our different distinct identities and yet taste fabulous together, right? And and I think that, that, that sort of body acceptance, body diversity, understanding spectrums, all of that requires a lot of unlearning, a lot of psychoeducation, a lot of therapy, deep work, limiting our social media, and this is just me throwing very casually, you know, certain things out there. But this 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 requires a lot of a lot of unlearning and reflection when it comes yes. to societal beauty standards and golden stereotypes.
0: And I think like another thing that you know I recently have thought about. It's like a lot of people that I talk to, you know, they tell me they're dieting, and then I I usually ask them, you know, why, like, you know, as a friend, I just ask them why, and then they, they're like, oh, we're just doing it for ourselves. But, like, I sort of, like, you know, just think about this, and I'm just like, in our culture, it has been, you know, fed to people that oh, only if you're thin, you're going to get married, or, you know, only if you're tall, you're going to get married, and all that. Well, I feel absolutely. like, yeah, I feel like even though they're telling me that they're doing it for themselves, I feel like, you it's know, internalized. somewhere. Yeah, it's internalized. Like, somewhere unconsciously, they know that they're not doing it for themselves. They have to, you know, look a certain way to be appreciated by the people around them i feel like that's yeah. usually what and goes it's not about them. health yeah.
1: anymore it's, it's not about health so we're not thinking about uh, our, our body in terms of how functional and healthy it is we're now looking at it as an object that needs to be molded to be desirable yes. you see how, the, how philosophically the approaches are very different and then we're discarding everything Right, so now a North Indian woman is going. No, no, no. I want hips like a Victoria's Secret model. That's not going to happen genetically. Right? Mm. Uh, we're not accepting the heritage, and we're not accept. Th- there is a lack of acceptance because there is the constant messaging of what desirability should look like. And yes. I do believe that in the you know in, in the last decade or so, people have been challenging that. See, challenging becomes the first step mm-hmm. when someone says, "But why?" That is the starting point of a movement there. And that's what unlearning is about, right? So when someone's saying only this body type is acceptable and someone says, but why? Why am I not desirable even though my waist and my hips and you know my thighs look different mm-hmm. or my color is not white? That's when we're starting a movement there of not just maybe, maybe we haven't even reached self-acceptance and that is okay. Okay, that's going to be a lifelong journey. But at least questioning it is is dismantling, you know, a system that has been prevalent for many, many years that is not serving anyone. It is leading to oppression, mental health concerns, eating disorders, active discrimination at workplaces, at walk on the streets and you'll see this kind of discrimination, right? Constantly. The effects of this very narrow spectrum or narrow idea or rigid idea of what beauty is, is only creating havoc. And hence, the, the spectrum needs to be bigger, more diverse, all of that. I think diversity acceptance is very key in that capacity.
0: Right. So mm-hmm. lastly, I'd like to ask you, how can you help someone who's had a certain fixed idea for a very long time on loan? Like, you know, there are certain people mm-hmm. who are like, no, I'm right. You know, you can, there's nothing you can say or do that can change yeah. my thoughts. You
1: can't help anyone. I think you can support people. You can mm-hmm. ask them certain questions, but we can't help rescue, save people. God. We can't do that. As a therapist, I can't do that. Right? Yeah. I can't save somebody. I can't tell them, you know, it's this idea where I can, I, I can, I can say something like, you know, I wonder if dot, dot, yeah. dot, right? You can suggest, right? At all given times, we can suggest what we believe could be a more uh, broader perspective. But in no way we can help them. We can, you know, provide them resources. It's that old Sort of saying where you can take a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink it, right? We face that limited control all the time. If they have a very fixed idea and they want to take that idea to the grave and impose it to the world around them, they're going to do it no matter what you do. Yet at the same time, you can expose them to counter-narratives. You can, you know, have stimulating, difficult dialogues in their presence Mm -hmm. unless they get up and they leave. Right. All of that is an adjunct. We can do a lot of things like advocate, you know, and, and hopefully they vicariously model themselves after us. Right. Maybe they're like, oh, this actually, you know, makes sense. Let me see what this is about. Sure. We can model, we can provide counter narratives, we can provide psychoeducation, we can ask challenging questions, we can maybe encourage them to go to more liberal spaces. That's all we can do. Right. And after that, if they want to hold on to that very fixed belief system for better or for worse, Mm -hmm. there's nothing we can do. And that's the sort of, you know, limited control we have
0: as humans right that was uh, quite a good episode i feel like so much to learn for myself and i'm sure for everyone listening you know a lot of things that you said that i probably hadn't even thought of till like today you know oh, so man. thank you Rhea, for sharing your views with us
1: of course i hope that everyone listening to this has something you know either to take away from it or maybe you know it has uh surfaced a bunch of questions for them if yep. nonetheless and uh, yeah i hope this was enriching and stimulating in a capacity that was helpful and you know worth someone's time to, to spend 30 30 minutes sort of listening yes. to
0: us so yeah and, thank
1: you yeah. aman for having me
0: thank you and to everyone who's listening to thank you for listening and i'll see you in the next episode